This is a particularly short sikha. It quotes the Zohar, where the Zohar tells us that there are various things that were used as testimony, one of which is Be'er de Yitzchak, the well of Yitzchak. Now, what's strange about it is that on closer examination, it actually seems to be the well of Avram Avinu. So the Rebbe will quote the classical interpretation of the Ramaz on the Zohar and then focus on his father's explanation, which will also give us a very important lesson for our lives. Isa Zohar, the Zohar tells us, we'll first read it in the original, then translate it into the Hebrew. There are three things that are there to testify and to stand as witness. And they are as follows. So in Hebrew, Who are the three? Be'er de Yitzchak, Yitzchak's well, Goirol, the lottery that was used to divide Eretz Yisrael, so that's testimony that each tribe got what they deserve. Vavne de Shavi Yeshua and the stones that Yeshua put up for the Eden as they crossed the Yarden into Eretz Yisrael, a reminder that we had committed to Torah mitzvahs. Asks the Zoyar Be'er de Yitzchak Minolan, what is the biblical source for the fact that Yitzchak's Be'er is actually for testimony? Because it says in our parasha, that Avram Avinu says, let this be a witness, let it be a sign, a reminder to us, testimony to us, that I am the one who dug this well. So that's the question. Avram Avinu dug the well, so therefore, it doesn't seem to make sense. That pasuk, that let this be as testimony, refers to a well that Avram Avinu dug. So if that's the case, why would they then call it Yitzchak's Be'er? Avram dug it, it's not Yitzchak. So the classical commentator that Ramaz explains that the statement that the well would be as a sign of, of um, testimony, that Avram Omroi. Avram Avinu was the one who in fact said those words. But the well that Avram dug was Yitzchak's well, which actually just seems to re-emphasize the same question, right? This also needs to be explained. Why would it be logical in any way to suggest that a well dug by Avram should be Yitzchak's well? So that's our big question on the Ramaz. Let's see how the Rebbe's father explains it. As we famously know, Rebbe Levick wrote his commentary while in exile. He wrote his commentary on the Zohar in the margins. So one of those marginal commentaries goes like this. The fact that we associate this Be'er with Yitzchak, despite the fact that the Pasuk clearly refers to Avram, it's because of something practical that happened. If you know the history of how the story of the wells went with Avram and Avimelech and the Plishtim and then Yitzchak and the Plishtim. So what happened was after Avram Avinu passed away, the Plishtim filled up and blocked those wells. Then afterwards Yitzchak came along and he redug the wells that the Plishtim had blocked. As the Pasuk tells us, that Yitzchak went back, he returned, and he dug, and he named those wells with the same names that his father had used for, obviously, the same wells. And then, Reblevik says, have a look at what the Altar Rebbe says in Torah Pashas told us at the beginning, 
And therefore, once you understand that information, that's why this Be'er is associated by the Zohar with Yitzchak. So yes, it was originally dug by Avram Avinu, but because Yitzchak was the one who gave it longevity, he re-dug it after the Plishnim had tried to interfere. That's why it's named after Yitzchak, and you have to consult in Torah to understand this better. Now, it would appear that Reblevik's explanation is almost the exact opposite of the explanation of the Ramaz. If you read what the Ramaz said, he said, the well that Avraham dug, emphasis, who dug it? Avraham. And yet it is called the Be'er of Yitzchak. That implies that fundamentally we need to know that this is Yitzchak's well, it belongs to Yitzchak. It's just that practically Avram is the one who actually dug it. So Avram almost sounds like the contractor and Yitzchak like the owner. Whereas the Rebbe says in his father's explanation, it sounds the other way around. That it's really Avram's well. Technical difficulty, the Plishtim interfered. Because Yitzchak arrived afterwards and re-exposed the wells that the Plishtim had blocked after Avram Avinu had dug them, now we also associate the well to Yitzchak. But it's really Avram Avinu's well. So according to the Ramaz, it's really Yitzchak's well. It was just dug by Avram. According to Reb Leibik, it's really Avram's well. It was just re-dug by Yitzchak. Because obviously the story of digging wells is not just simply a story of digging wells, but it's a whole theme and a message. So if that's the case, that theme and message has to fit according to both views. That's going to prompt us to ask the question, What is the difference, not just practically, between the Ramaz and Reblevik, if... Avram Avinu is the main owner of the well, or Yitzchak Avinu is the main owner of the well. But in terms of what the well represents and the concept of digging wells, what's the difference if the priority is Avram or the priority is Yitzchak? Also, while we're asking, How come then did the Rebbe's father not explain the opinion of the Ramaz, as is very often the case in Hasidus, but rather the Farish Beifanachir Vahovchi, why did he dafka choose to give a different and apparently contradictory explanation? And the hint to all of this, the hint to how to understand exactly what Reb Leibig wanted to convey, he alluded to by saying, look up Torah or Look up, Pasha's told us, see what it says over there. So we'll explore what it says in the beginning of Pasha's told us in Torah Or, and that will help us understand all of this. What does it say in Torah Or? As we all very well know, the primary thrust of Avram Avinu's dedication and service of Hashem was in the world of Chesed. Chesed is tolerance and kindness and generosity and looking after guests, etc. In spiritual terms, Chesed is Hamshocha milemaila lemata. Chesed is compared to water. Water always flows from a source that is at an altitude down to the sea, which is obviously at sea level. 
So chesed is always from the have to the have not, from the empowered to the disempowered, from above to below. The direction of chesed is downward flow. By contrast, Yitzchak's avoider is all about the element of gvura, very sincere dedication to the point of willingness to give up his life for Hashem, not leaving a certain set of parameters space-wise because you don't move too much, people must come to you rather than you reach out. And in spiritual terms, what is gevura? Halo milmate lemaila. Raising things up from where they are to a higher space, which takes a tremendous amount of strength to be able to do that, to be able to break the, the bonds of gravity and to be able, spiritual gravity, to be able to lift something up. So Avram is flow and Yitzchak is the, the, the push, the, the yearning upwards. Because those are their two primary themes. That's why Adebishter describes Avram Avinu as he who loves me. And Yaakov Avinu, when he refers to his father Yitzchak, he calls him the fear of Yitzchak, at least when he talks about Hashem in relation to Yitzchak. Because <clears throat> love will associate with and derive from the attribute of Chesed, and fear, or better, or will derive from the attribute of Givura. So now we know this already. We know that these are the two types of avoida. Let's take that and help use it, or use it to help us to understand what digging wells is all about. What's the difference between who's digging the well? Based on the distinction between Avram Avinu, who is primarily focused on serving Hashem through Chesed, and Yitzchak, who's doing so through Gevura. Based on that, there the Alter Rebbe explains. How it is possible that when Avram Avinu digs a well, it's still susceptible to interference, and the plishtim can come along and they can stop that well from functioning. And that's also why it's only after Yitzchak comes back to the same spot and re-excavates the same wells that now the plishtim cannot touch them. Now the wells become sustainable. Why is that? The reason is because the particular toxic energy that Plishtim represent, the Klippa that they represent, only has capacity to interfere with the healthy energy of Chesed and not for the, with the healthy energy of Gevura. Okay, so every positive energy that exists in this world has an antagonistic energy as well that can interfere with it. But there are certain immunities. Gevura is immune to the Plishtim. Chesed is susceptible to Plishtim. Why is that? The explanation is like this. Plishtim, in Chasidus, the word Plishtim is associated with the word Mefulosh, which is a Mavayamefulosh, an alleyway that is open on either side meaning to say an unbounded reality, life without appropriate borders. That's the clipper of Plishtim. You don't have appropriate borders. That's why Chazal tell us that Plishtim are by nature scoffers. Nothing is sacrosanct. Nothing deserves their respect. There are no boundaries. There is no hierarchy of wisdom or, or age or uh, basic principles. We have a view. 
we're, we're liberally minded. Everybody is equally able to cancel anybody else's opinion. This idea of scoffing, of making fun of things, is exactly the concept of Mavimifulosh. There are no boundaries. I don't, I don't know how to contain myself. I don't know how to focus myself. When Avram Avinu digs wells, Avram Avinu approaches the concept of digging wells, supplying water, unearthing resources from beneath the, the, the earth's surface. He does a bisrachvus, also without limitation, with a hugely wide budget, with this generosity of spirit, which is great. That represents in its healthy form, and Avram Avinu is absolutely healthy. Love of Hashem, love Hashem. If I love somebody, I'm not going to stop penny pinching. I'm not going to stop watching the clock. I love you, so I do it absolutely with everything I've got. And as a result of that, I have tainug v'asim chebelikus, both pleasure and joy with regards to elikus. Bizgavros gedola b'yesa kafi hamida, beyond all reasonable expectations, all in, full throttle. So, because Avraham Avinu serves in a healthy way, but without the restraints of givura, that leaves his avoider susceptible to a counter energy which also has no limits. No boundaries, no context. The plishtim. Because the unfortunate reality is that when you have a tremendous flow of energy, even if the energy originates from a space of kedusha, because it's an incredible flow of energy, it could also impact and feed and irrigate places that are not so holy. It can give energy to the plishtim, which is Yisrachos Dilum, Asem, and I get this, the Kedusha, which would translate into this unbridled sense of self, which is plishtim, and we can fight anybody and there's no respect for uh, Kedusha, etc. Now, did Avraham Avinu Chas V'Shalom directly lead to the plishtim having power? Not at all. Let's translate that into human terms. If I'm currently in a state of absolute passion towards Hashem, and so I'm doing things for Kedusha without any thoughts about budgets and about time frames and about my personal limitations, I'm just going all out. At that moment, obviously, I'm not going to do anything wrong. There isn't the possibility you can't enter the mind. At that time, there's only godly energy that is blindingly real. And that's what I enjoy. That's what I'm excited about. Specifically, though, when that light dims. In other words, the passion ends. Okay, so I was completely passionately excited about something. Now that particular role is over. That particular time frame is over. And now I've still got this spillage of energy, but without the focus. That's a dangerous time where that excitable energy could now become misdirected and translate into flippant behavior or just excitement about things of no value. The Pasuk highlights that by telling us when did the Plishtim have the gall to come along and block up Avram Avinu's wells only after Avram Avinu passed away. It's only after that overwhelming sense of divine energy 
dissipates, represented in our story by the death of Avram. And therefore, all you have now is this openness without meaning. That's when the Prishtim can jump on the bandwagon and infect the system and hijack it. But when Yitzchak digs a well, the Prishtim can't touch that. What does digging a well by Yitzchak represent in human terms, in our avoidah? It's where I'm serving Hashem with a sense of kabbalah's oil. I'm afraid to just do as I please. I want to do what Hashem wants me to do. I'm in awe of Hashem's greatness. I'm going to conform. So therefore the prishtim, who only have the capacity to work against and in the context of Ahava of chesed, of goodness, they don't speak this language of, of Gevura. They don't know how to deal with boundaries. So they fall back. Oh my gosh, there's clear boundaries over here. This is a very uh, safe system. It doesn't have an opening for getting carried away with yourself and let's have a whole big party. Because the algorithm works that a negative energy can only attack and infect an energy that is similar to it. So chesed de cannot touch gvura de kedusha. Not only that, not only do the prishtim have no power over Yitzchak's efforts, more than that, gama avram, the reality of the story is that these wells were originally dug by Avram Avinu, who is Chesed, which is vulnerable to Prishti infe- infection. So Avshin Yonam Chesed, despite the fact that those wells were built on the premise of Chesed, now that Yitzchak has entered the space, now the Prishim can no longer touch those wells because Yitzchak has sealed them and made them safe. Now to understand this concept will help us to understand where the Ramaz and the Reblevik see the story differently. Let's understand what's going on over here. The nature of love is that love emphasizes me. I love. That's why people always take up, well not always, people sometimes take offense to the phrase, I love you. So I comes first. Or as we call it in the language of Torah, Yesh Misha Oyhev. There is an entity that is conscious of itself and also loves that which is appropriate to love, in this case Hashem. Whereas when a person is in a state of Yira, fear, or better than that, Yira, Kabbalah's oil, complete acceptance of Hashem's authority, then the self shrinks away. For which reason, if a person only serves Hashem just with joy, unfettered joy, as positive as that is, seeing as there is a sense of I mixed in that, even though the I at that point, while you're serving, while you're singing, while you're dancing, while you're hopping up and down, at that point, you're completely enveloped in the space of holiness. But But because there's a sense of self, who knows where self goes? Who knows how self-oriented it becomes, how self-aware it becomes? 
And so therefore, Therefore, it's possible that the person during the course of davening is so enraptured and so excited and singing and clapping and straight after the davening, it's possible that that same attitude continues, but now it's no longer in the safe space of davening. And now it's like, let's go out and have a good time because it's all part of the simcha of how you serve Hashem. Dangerous territory. That's where a person becomes flippant and cynical and scoffing and it's all about fun and you lose your sense of boundaries. The moment a person realizes that Simcha is critically important and equally important is Kabbalah's acceptance of Hashem's authority and being conscious and in awe of Hashem's greatness. Which is the exact opposite. It's not a sense of self. It's a sense of Relinquishing self, it's a sense of authority. That protects me that I cannot start to feed a negative energy even with my simcha. So if I have simcha and I'm unlimited, I'm a lechatchila river without the sense of Kabbalah soul, like this, it could translate into something dangerous when I'm not paying close attention. But as long as I have the clear Kabbalah soul and bittel, that will never happen. Now we can understand. When you have wells that Avram dug and then the Plishtim stopped up and now Yitzchak dug them again. Those wells are now safe from the Plishtim. Because when you have Avram Avinu's wells, i.e. the Avoida of Simcha, is also balanced with Yitzchak's Avoida, which is Kabbalah Sol, then it is protected and cannot leak out into the toxic environment. And so therefore they never stop flowing and never stop providing meaning and sustenance and nourishment and inspiration. So, now that we understand that the distinction between Avram and, and Yitzchak's avoiders is that Avram could produce, without proper focus, the potential for self, which could then grow into something unhealthy, whereas Yitzchak safeguards against that. So, what are we seeing now? Avram dug the wells. The Plishtim blocked the wells. Yitzchak re-dug the wells. So, whose well is it? It's still Avram Avinu's wells. Because Avram Avinu built something healthy. Simcha and Chesed and Ahava. All of these are healthy things. What did Yitzchak help? Yitzchak came to bolster and secure Avram's Avoida. So whose well is it? It's Avram Avinu's well. Why do we call it Ber Yitzchak? Because Yitzchak came along to give it the sustenance that it needs. That's why the Rebbeleivik's explanation of what does it mean He doesn't want to say that the well belongs to Yitzchak because it doesn't. As the Ramaz wanted to explain. That is what we're discussing here. The avoid of Simcha and how you keep it safe. But the avoid of Simcha is also associated with Yitzchak. Why? Because the avoid of Yitzchak secures the avoid of Avram. But we're talking over here about Avram of Inus Avoida. 
Okay, we're not going to leave the Ramaz unsolved. So why does the Ramaz say differently? That it's really Yitzchak's Be'er. It just happened to be dug by Avram Avinu. So how will Hasidus explain the Ramaz's take? Because the principle of digging a well is the avoider of finding something beneath the surface and drawing it to the surface, which generally, that is typical Yitzchak avoider. Avoider, the whole thing of Gvuro represented by Yitzchak is work with the world to lift the world. That's why the Ramaz says, really, it must be Yitzchak's well, because the whole genre of wells is Yitzchak's world. In this particular case, in this particular case, the actual physical well was dug by Avram Avinu, and so therefore he injected the element of Chesed, which is actually Milmai into this particular well too. It's really interesting because the Zohar actually wasn't analyzing the well. The whole point, purpose of the Zohar was to tell us that the well is testimony. So the Zohar was focused on the testimony aspect. Which would also explain, according to the Ramaz, why it should be called the Be'er of Yitzchak. Because, and, and, according to Rabbi as well, because what's the purpose of edus? Edus is that something should sustain. Okay, we can prove it's valid. So if it's valid, then it still has validity now. That's the purpose of edus. Who gives us the sustainability? Who gives us the edus? Yitzchak. The whole purpose of edus is if there's anything that's going to interfere. So typical edus is if there's any objection to a particular thing. We say, but he has the document. He has the witnesses. He has the he has the proof. Who does that? Yitzchak. So therefore, either way you look at it, if I'm analyzing the the um, sustainability, the edus of the Be'er, it for sure has to be attributed to Yitzchak. In Reb Leivik's explanation, it is fundamentally a chesed avoida that is cemented by Yitzchak. In the Ramaz's view, the whole avoid of Be'eros belongs to Yitzchak. This one happens to have Avram components too. What does that teach us? The way a Jew has to serve Hashem has to be founded on the principles of Kabbalah Sol, of Yira Bittel. Those are key, key foundations to serving Hashem. The truth is, because Simcha is such a powerful element and such an important part of life, so our avoider requires Simcha as well. The truth is, the Simcha is not supposed to always be detected on the surface. So then you have a look at what it says in Torah that when Yitzchak comes along and he digs the wells, now the well that Avram Avinu dug never stops flowing. That tells us something, not just that Simcha is really important, and you don't necessarily always have to have Simcha at the surface in order to have Simcha, which is probably a very important lesson in its own right. But more than that, the Kabbalah's oil and the sense of Bittel maintains Simcha maintains the avoid of Ahav. If you don't have that, your avoid of Simcha runs out of steam.
That means that you actually start to serve Hashem from the perspective of Simcha. As the Zerah says, there is no service that is like the service of love. But you want the Simcha to be long-term, to be sustainable, not just when you're in the mood. To sustain that, you have to first, prior to even having Simcha, you have to have, like the Altrebbe says, the source and foundation of all Avoidas Hashem, which is Kabbalah Sol, acceptance, a sense of bittel, and then, even though it might sound surprising, your simcha is durable simcha.